Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Okay, my man, what's your name? Colby Robinson. And how old are you? Ten. And what are you doing here? To get my vaccination for the first time. Yeah, just to get my vaccination. How do you feel? I feel good. It feels normal. After, we're going to count together, okay? Let's do it. One, two, three. You're done. You did a great job. Good job, Munsell. Good job. You're really brave. (laughs) Did it hurt? It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Last week, health officials approved the COVID-19 vaccine for kids ages 5 to 11. And since then, nearly 300,000 children in the U.S. have already gotten their first shot. For many kids and families, this is a huge relief. So we spoke with KQED's senior engagement editor, Carly Severn, about some of the questions listeners have about getting the shot for kids and what this means to so many people in the Bay Area. What have you been hearing from parents and families about how big of a deal this news is? I mean, judging by my text inbox, uh, it's a huge deal. And it seems kind of emotional in many ways. The parents and caregivers that I know and that I'm hearing from both personally and professionally, this is something that they have been dearly awaiting for so, so long. And families have been watching, right, as other age groups have got approved. You know, families of kids 12 and over rejoiced when Pfizer was approved for them. But all of those families with kids under 12 were thinking, well, when's our turn? I I think a lot about how um, unsettling and maybe a little frustrating it might have been as a parent or a caregiver for the last several months um, awaiting Mm. vaccines. Also hearing a lot about how COVID tends to be mild in kids, you know, doesn't impact them that much, which statistically... It's very true, but that's also, it kind of obscures the truth that, you know, it does happen. Kids do get COVID and there is a minority, a small minority of kids who are affected very 
deeply by COVID. And I, I just, you know, trying to put myself in the, the shoes of a parent or a caregiver hearing, uh, you know, oh, it's statistically insignificant. Don't worry about it. You're making a big deal out of it and thinking, well, you know, if it was my kid, I'd feel very differently. So I, I think families have been holding a great deal uh, for the last several months. And like, personally, I'm thrilled that this vaccine is here. Totally. And also like just with kids returning to school and in person, in person learning, I'm sure that was even more so front of mind for many of these parents. So let's talk a little bit more about this new rollout. Um, So kids from the ages of 5 to 11 are now eligible. Um, Is there anything different about this vaccine announcement compared to the vaccine that's been available for adults and older kids? One big thing to know about vaccines for kids in this age group is that right now they can only get the Pfizer COVID vaccine because that's the only one that has been approved for this age group. Not Moderna, not Johnson & Johnson, yet only Pfizer. And it's two doses, just as it is for adults. So if you're looking to get a kid age 5 to 11 vaccinated, when you're making that appointment for that first shot, bear in mind that three weeks later, they will need to go and get that second shot. It's also a lower dose. It is a third of the adult dose that um, people age 12 and over get for Pfizer. And another thing is, if you've got a kid who's like a damn champ and can get (laughs) multiple vaccinations on the same day, yes, it is safe to give them the flu shot and... And COVID vaccine at the same time. If they're down for that and they haven't got their flu shot yet, it's probably a really good idea. And in terms of how effective it is for this age group, uh, the CDC have said that it has high efficacy. So that's over 90% against COVID-19 in kids in this age group, 5 to 11. And they say that the benefits outweigh the risks for vaccination for this group. And I know that KQED and you have been hearing a lot from listeners who have a lot of questions about this latest vaccine rollout. And I'm guessing that there are a lot of parents out there who've been counting down the days to this expansion and eligibility. What kinds of questions did you get from parents? Were there any in particular that stood out to you? So one question I got a lot from parents and caregivers was, why is the COVID vaccine administered in kids in this age group according to their age and not their weight, as a lot of other medications for kids usually are? I don't actually have kids, so I wasn't aware of this. So you you give your doctor or your pediatrician your kid's weight, and then they administer medications based on that. Mm. And so I asked Dr. Peter Chin Hong, a specialist on infectious diseases at UCSF, and the answer he gave to this particular question is, it's actually about the age of a kid's immune system. In general, above six months, the immune system that's younger is more agile, it's more fit, So you can get away with getting a huge response with a younger immune system. So if you have a large kid and a smaller kid, you know, age five, um, that immune system is going to be very, very responsive regardless of the weight. Another question we got a lot was about side effects. 
I was completely unsurprised that this came up a bunch because, you know, you take your kid for a vaccination and you want to be sure that they feel good afterwards. And with the adult vaccines, you're hearing a bunch about how side effects are kind of par for the course, you know, where you're going to not feel great for a day or two afterwards. And so parents were asking, is this going to be the same for my kid? And so Dr. Chin Hong told me that in the trials they did for the Pfizer vaccine for this age group, there was actually lower reports of side effects. He wondered whether that had something to do with the dosage, but he did give a couple of tips for what to look out for. And if the side effect doesn't go away, if it's lasting for more than a day, any side effect that's not getting better and instead it's getting worse. So I would say that anything that you would normally call the pediatrician for, uh, you know, you'd have to think about as well. And I know some parents have also been curious about whether they should wait and see how other kids are responding to the vaccine before getting their own kid vaccinated. Um, What do we know about the answer to that question? Well, the doctors that have been asked about this, uh, they have like one solid message, which is the coronavirus doesn't care if you are waiting. Mm. It just really wants to infect people, especially with the Delta variant around. COVID spread is still high, even though those cases are trending downwards. I believe the statistic is 90% of counties in the US are still classified by the CDC as having that high or substantial viral spread. Also, just like with adults and COVID, you can't predict uh, how COVID's going to hit. You can't predict whether a kid is going to be asymptomatic if they get it, you know, no symptoms at all, or which kids are actually going to get really sick from COVID, those rare instances that we hear about. So it, I, I wouldn't try and roll that dice. That's, that's what doctors are advising. So Carly, we have talked about vaccines a few different times throughout the course of this pandemic. And some of the same issues and questions do seem to pop up. But how do you think the questions and concerns from listeners are different when we're talking about much younger kids, like age 5 to 11? I think the equation does change. I get the sense that just a lot of families want to be extra, extra sure that this is the right thing to do, which is obviously a lot of my job, assuring people that, yes, this vaccine is safe for kids in this age group. You know, you and I are are chatting in November, right? And what's coming up? The holidays. This is a time when not only a lot of families like to travel, but they like to travel to gather with their wider family. And often that can be Mm multi-generational. So a lot of the reasoning behind vaccinating kids is it's not only keeping kids safe from the impact of COVID for their own bodies, but it is ensuring that uh, they are less likely, it reduces the likelihood that they will be... uh, spreading COVID to more vulnerable family members. And this is going to be something that's really, really on people's minds as the various holiday seasons approach. Like we want to get together. And if there's a shot in the arm that can make that a little bit more possible, I think folks are thinking like this is a great idea. I think that the difference between kids' vaccines and adult vaccines is that so many more families are weighing timing with availability, with the environment that is right for their kids. Like, I don't know about you, like, I would have been happy to get my COVID vaccine in any parking lot in the Bay Area. (laughs) (laughs) 
yes same from anyone <laughs> yeah that was I was just so down but you know it's different with families and kids and making sure that they are comfortable and I think that's also a big reason why uh, schools are going to be really important in this rollout that kids you know by and large a lot of them are comfortable in their school but it also introduces this element of availability and accessibility for parents. Not every parent or caregiver can take time off from their own job to go and get their kid vaccinated, especially if they have multiple kids in their family mm. who are in this eligible age group. So the idea that county public health departments will be bringing vaccines into the schools themselves, I think is really positive. And I hope we see a lot more of this. And beyond this initial first weeks of the rollout, right? I, I really think that in order to be effective, this stuff has to be consistent. Has it been hard to get appointments in the Bay Area so far for vaccines for kids aged 5 to 11? It does seem to me that availability has gotten better. That said, I do not doubt that a lot of those first appointments have been snagged by folks who, you know, they dropped everything. They dropped, you know, they canceled plans. They, you know, just made sure that they got their kid to that appointment, whatever it took. And that's wonderful for them. But that is not a position that everyone is in. And again, I do want to stress, not everyone can take time off from their job to take their kids to go and get their vaccine. Looking ahead, what do we know about vaccines for kids under five? So I do feel for the parents of kids under five because they are the ones now that they're hearing people saying, isn't it great that everyone can get vaccinated? And that's not true. Not everyone can get vaccinated still. So, But in terms of how close in reality vaccines for kids under five actually is, it's a great question. And I imagine so many parents and caregivers want to know. So I asked Dr. Peter Chin Hong at UCSF and his answer was surprisingly positive. There are going to be two other studies hopefully being published or being presented before the end of this calendar year. And that will hopefully lead to an approval for that age group in early 2022, um, maybe in late winter or early spring. I do think that there's this huge you know, group of people that are still waiting for their kids to get their turn in line. And it would be huge. The idea that pretty much everyone in society can get vaccinated against COVID, like, I don't think we can understate how much that would mean to individual families, how much it would enable people to maybe get out there and start living their lives again to an extent they haven't been able to. And also the impact on, on COVID rates. It would be really interesting to see what this like almost universality of COVID vaccines could really do. Carly, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That was Carly Severn, Senior Engagement Editor at KQED. For more information about the vaccine for kids, like the best ways to find an appointment and why doctors say not to wait to get your kid vaxxed, check out the link we'll leave for you in our episode notes. This episode of The Bay was produced and cut by Mary Franklin Harvin. It was produced and scored by our editor, Alan Montecilio, who also added the tape. Speaking of that tape, Thanks to Azul Dahlstrom Ekman and Sarah Hosseini for gathering it. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Don't forget to follow The Bay on Twitter. We're at The Bay KQED. And tell your friend about it too. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.
Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts.